actually I actually haven't done this before. This is the first time we are on Riverside FM for the podcast. Because we have a special guest today, he goes by the name of Walter Orlena. Welcome, Walter. Thank you for uh, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me, dude. I'm pumped. Yeah, man. Of course, of course. It's it's been a minute. How are you doing? Good, man. Uh, it was a challenging winter, but I'm trying to get back on my feet recently. It's been going going mm. good. Challenging in what aspect? <clears throat> emotionally man it was it was a tough one especially around the holiday season dude i you know what i struggle around the holidays as well and i think a lot of people struggle around the holidays whether it's because they don't feel as comfortable and loving with their family or because they're not getting as much vitamin d as they should be getting you know it gets dark out early you know so i think that's why a lot of people tend to struggle during this time of the year for sure yeah i was doing like a you know, I took I took the time to like really try and figure this shit out, see where it was coming from. It was, it, but it was all those factors, man. It was, yeah, it was less sun, you know, getting less things achieved. Also, I think I got had gotten really obsessed with the idea of like hustle, like obsessive working. And when the holidays comes around, there's like that big pause at the end of the fourth quarter. It's like there's like no work going down. I think yeah. that also plays a big role. And I think that has a lot to do with the current climate and like what we're seeing today as far as like the culture, even like the hustle culture with like what you see on Instagram, like if you're not hustling, like you're not doing anything. And I think it's really important that people such as yourself, who you do have a voice for those who might not have a voice to be able to explain to people that it is okay to rest and that it is okay to just sit back and enjoy the moment instead of trying to make things happen, you know? Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, one thing I really was, like, trying to tackle was, like, I was just, like, being so hard on myself, just, like, like, resting, and I don't know, I'd be like, man, what the fuck am I doing, you know, like, I'm not doing enough, and, uh, you know, I, you know, I would reach out to friends and try to talk about it, and then it kept coming up that it was, like, the same kind of idea, and my one friend was, like, maybe you're just, like, obsessed with working, you know, and you're, and you're not, you're uh oh, what's the word i was kind of, i was like having like a withdrawal kind of thing from yeah. so much work you know and i hadn't realized it and i was hard on myself about it and that yeah. kind of fucked with my mental a lot too mm-hmm. and I, a lot of it for me at least when i get into that mode of needing to work constantly whether that's going to a job or going to the gym resting in bed but not feeling like I should be resting so I pick up a book or I organize my room whatever whatever it is the need to just be doing because in my case I would always I would not want to like face some of the emotions I would be feeling so I would just have to output that into work you know yeah. it's like a mask sort of it's like a coping sure. the overworking yeah mm-hmm. I've been reading this book um called turning pro and it was it the 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 passages are really short but it touches on like all these types of subjects it's like our addiction to work our addiction to things like failure our addiction to um you know all these different aspects that i think a lot of us have gotten really used to like living with and i'm reading the book and i'm like fuck man like I'm, i totally do that you know like 
mm-hmm. I'm totally like <clears throat> obsessed with the idea of like just doing, you know. And then when I when I was taking this break, um, I was just so hard on myself. I was like, man, I got, I do need the break, you know. Like I had my hands in so many things, and you know, if you don't do it, life is gonna force you to do it, you know. And so I was like forced into this thing and then like I had to like let go and step back from a lot of like responsibilities that I've taken on yeah and it felt good after a while you know but when it initially happened I was like damn this is like totally I'm just like failing like on in every aspect you know but um you know it took me a moment you know a little over a month of just like sitting in this like deep you know kind of feeling and like darkness and I had my fucking blinds closed like twenty four seven. Like, dude, I was in it. Um, but now I'm feeling better, and I was, you know, accepting it and like telling myself, man, I, I do need to rest. You know, I do need to step back a little bit because now I was getting to a point where my work was suffering too. You know, like the quality of the stuff that I was doing wasn't what I wanted it to be. You right. know, because I was getting so obsessed with this hustle culture. And that kind of brings me to my next question. If you didn't take that time to rest, do you think that you would have been able to progress in your work the way you have been after this step that you've taken away from doing the work? Um, I think it would have stayed the same. You know, mm-hmm. it would have, it would have, it wouldn't have gotten better. Might have got, might have got worse if I stuck to it, but the break really allowed me to just like see life differently, you know, and as a photographer, when you go through these shifts, you kind of have to like, you get to a point where the camera is a part, so much of a part of yourself that your camera has to shift with you, you know, like your perspective changes and your, and your camera has to change with that. So during this, this, you know, month or month and a half that I was like this, I wasn't taking really any photos, you know, just simply because I couldn't like see the photo um, because I was in such a transitional phase of my brain. And then when I got to it, um, I had realized that like, since I was changing, my, my photo flow was changing, you know, like the way I make a photo was different. And I write about this in like um, a few different things on my blog where it's like, my mental was changing and you kind of have to like catch your camera up to that so that your, your camera is doing the same work that your mind is doing so that you're making the photos that work in unison. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, my photos became like very like slow. They were very like, um, methodical and, and the, the photos are like silent, you know, they're busy, but, the energy of the photo is very like quiet and subdued. Um, and I think that that played a big role in like my mental shift. You know, now that you say that I've kind of come to realize that a lot of the photos that you've taken re- um, previously, I don't, uh, previously could mean like three months ago, four months ago was very people oriented. It always seemed like you were on the go, whether it was going to Lakewood wrestling or if you were just at the barbershop or you were hanging out with family there's always been that <clears throat> engagement with people and that can be draining in itself. However, recently within like the past month or two, it seems like you've taken a lot of quieter photos, whether it's been in nature or whether it's just been in your studio 
and I guess that can go. I guess that can be based off of the shift in perspective that you've had. You know, having that rest and having been in, for lack of a better way to put it, isolated, that it kind of maybe taught you to be more still and just to be more in the moment and to appreciate those finer points in life. You know, that nature it, it, has to offer us. Yeah, man. And thank you for noticing because it really was like that. You know, I was just super on the go. Like, people would invite me places and I was there and I was think, taking photos and I I would had just given so much of myself through photography. Um, and then I came to a point where I, I, like, I felt like I had like nothing left to give. Like I didn't want to be at these events. I didn't want to be photographing people. I didn't want to be around people. And it was because I had already given so much of myself. And, you know, that quote in photography was like, oh, the photographer takes a piece of you when they take your photo. But for me, it's like I'm also giving a piece of myself. You know, it's it's my photos with people is an exchange of energy. So much of yourself too, actually. Yeah, and yeah, because you have to be involved. You have to talk. You have to engage with your environment. You know, you have to watch in every corner, like what's going on. So I had given so much of myself, and I was like, "Fuck, man!" Like I, I just don't want to be around that stuff right now. And it wasn't that like, um, it's not that I didn't want to be social, but like I couldn't be social. You know, I was showing up to places and I, my energy was just so low that I wasn't contributing in any good way to make a good photo. So then I was like, you know, as a photographer, you still want to take photos. So I was like, let me just go on a walk by myself. And I would take photos of, um, you know, very still places and kind of just like stuff that like felt good to look at because it felt like how I was feeling on the inside. Yeah. Um, and I photographed my home because some days I couldn't even get the energy to get out the house. Um, stuff in my studio, too, just, like, self-portraits. And um, I had gotten obsessed with, like, taking photos of my spaces, too, because my spaces were were a wreck, you know, similar to my mind. Like, I couldn't – my desk was fucking filled with trash and notebooks and books and, like, my studio, like, I had magazines spread out everywhere and photo books, like, all these things to try and, like, get re-inspired, you know, mm-hmm. but uh, inspiration comes from, like, you know, being good within, you know, there's nothing, like, external that can kickstart that. I have to be good on the inside so that the stuff I'm looking at can inspire me, you know what I mean? Definitely, and especially, like, when you when you are in a place where, you feel so, so depleted of your energy to go into a place that requires your energy. You're just taxing more and more of yourself. And then you get to this point where it's like, I have nothing left. So now I have to go within. And then yeah. once you go within, you might not realize it in the moment, but that's how you recharge. You know, it's like the whole introvert extrovert thing. Like you gain energy from the quiet, from the stillness, and somebody else might gain energy from being in that environment that you were speaking about previously. And it makes sense again why your photos transition from one aspect to another because it's just a, sh- a shift in your environment. You change yeah. your environment from being in this outgoing place with all these people to kind of being more secluded and enjoying the space you have within yourself. But I would also imagine that being in that space where you just have yourself, <clears throat> it can be daunting at first, but 
in the end, it becomes really beautiful because you get to know yourself and then you get to have confidence in yourself and who you are. Yeah, it was, um, it was really challenging at the beginning. I kind of felt like it was wrong, you know, because for so long I had given so much of myself and I am a true introvert, you know, but so much of my life has trained me to be an extrovert, you know, as, as a, as a photographer, you're not only a photographer, but like you're, you know, you got to be fucking the ad agent and building contracts and building clients and relationships and all this stuff. And that requires a lot of being extrovert. But in my nature, I'm an introvert. At the end of long days, I need to be alone in my room with quietness. Mm-hmm. So I had trained myself to be an extrovert. Um, and I hadn't like sat with being an introvert in a really long time. So when I finally got to it, I felt like a lot of guilt. I was like, damn, like, have I been away for too long? Like, should I go visit my family? Do I have to call up a friend? And eventually I was just like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna recharge without owing myself to anyone else. You know, I was like, I just need to fucking be and catch up with myself. And it's a beautiful thing too, because like you're saying, you kind of do unlock this new um, confidence in doing that. But also it's like, you really get to see who's in your corner. You know, mm-hmm. and that is also a really beautiful thing. Like the friends that are patient with you during that time and how your family responds to you kind of like disappearing for a moment. Um, and it was, it was challenging at first um, because it was like, I had to relearn how to live with that. But then at the end of it, it was like, fuck man, like I really got to see who's down for me and you know what I'm capable of being an extrovert and what I'm capable of, being an introvert and I found that reading and writing has been huge for me you know like those blogs have been so great for me to just like write about my photo process and the way I think about my photos Mm -hmm. writing that has been like the best thing you know and it's also like a pastime you know like some days I don't have anything to do I'm like all right I have a collection of photos that I can write about so yeah it also gives you a really good chance to reflect especially when I, I journal I notice that when I when I get to the position where I'm I'm sitting at my desk and I open my notepad and I have my pen and then it it kind of makes me feel nostalgic but it also makes me feel like I'm just sitting there and thinking about everything that has gone on whether it's been in the day in the month in the week whatever it is and it allows me to just have that chance to just sit with my thoughts and be with my thoughts when on any other given day that might not be the case because wake up at 5 30 gotta go to the gym gotta go home gotta go go eat gotta go to school gotta go do this it doesn't give you that time to just hone in on on you essentially and going back to what you said before when you almost felt guilty for not working or for not calling your family that in itself reminded me of a withdrawal like you were talking about at the beginning of the episode where you said you felt almost like this withdrawal of not having to be on the go because you're forced to just sit there and just just not do anything essentially. But you have to do that in order to recharge and be the person who not only you were, but you aspire to be too, you know? Yeah. Um, I also took a lot of time to 
to journal and uh, I forget I forget who the artist was who she had like written about this idea of, of um, the morning pages as an artist and that's where like you wake up and you just write um, it doesn't have to be about anything you just write um, so I was like I want to do that you know and, and so I started to try and do it and first, first off I wasn't even waking up in the morning I was fucking waking up at like two in the afternoon for most of the break. Um, so I was like, I'm, whenever I get up, I'm going to do that. So I would, I would um, sit down and start writing. And I would just like let myself just talk about anything, you know, in my journals. And the more I did that, the more I got to like really like turn the key on a lot of stuff. Because all I was doing was like whatever I was thinking, just put it on paper. That way I can see it and read it and understand it. Then I was like, fuck, okay, like, I'm writing a lot about this. I should really dissect that and understand it. Um, but journaling really, because the way, our, to me, the way my ideas, like, jamble around in my brain, you can never really, like, grab it, you know, until you write it. They're just They just float, you know? Yeah, and they there's just- no, like, it's like leaves in a river. They kind of just, you see them and then they go, you see them and, and then they go. Yeah. And, and, it, and you can never like really like grasp what you're trying to say because it only makes sense in your brain. Yeah. You know, like you can make sense of it and there's not even like a phrase to put it into. It just makes sense in your brain. Um, right. So I was, I started to write it down and then that really helped me a lot too. Just kind of like, seeing what I was thinking on paper. And that made a huge difference. I feel like there's a lot of imagery that comes from journaling, you know? Like, when you look back on journals, you can really imagine yourself in that position that you were when you previously wrote that journal. But it also allows you to dissect those ideas that you were speaking about more and more. And it allows you to go a little bit further into that thought that you really didn't give much thought to. And a lot of healing comes from that place where we tend to avoid these certain emotions that come about when we think about a certain thing. But when you journal, when you just have that brain dump, it lets you just unravel everything to the point where you don't have anything on your chest. And that is one of the benefits that I've definitely seen from journaling. Um, But again, another benefit that I've had is kind of just to be able to reflect and see how far I've come, and just to understand that I am allowed to be proud of myself. Like you said, I have that. I I also have that same thing where it's just like I got to keep going. I I can't stop. Why stop? There's no reason to. But yeah, when I'm able to sit and reflect, I can say, okay, like I made it this far. I can do this. Yeah, um, I have a. I do this thing where like I do. It's like chapters of my life. Um, and I, I just write in, in black books until I finish the book. Um, and that's it, that's like a beautiful way for me to reflect because each book is literally a chapter of my life. You know, I, I write about everything that I go through. Um, and then I can look back and be like, fuck, man, I remember 2019 going through this because I wrote about it. Yeah. Speaking of all black things, you have been... Are you still on that kick of minimalism? Yeah, sort of. Um, 
man, man, minimalism is really tough, um, especially with the human condition. <laughs> um, the human condition. Elaborate on that. Just like this, this desire for me is like this desire to express myself um, with things, you know, yeah. as as like a self expression. How can I present myself and at the same time express myself? Um, so while I do have this very simple and minimalistic wardrobe, I still have so much stuff. Um, because I'm like attached to weird things like books and notebooks and pens and fucking rings that I haven't worn in years, you know, like all these little knickknacks. Of course. But I, I do enjoy minimalism um, and and being able to present myself in that. Um, you know, so to me, well, I, I when I first got into it, you know, I was studying and I was looking at all these different types of minimalists and how they do it. And one had been like minimalism is it's a it's an individual experience. You know, like um the the minimalism that we see on social media, it is minimalism, but it's it's very much to the extreme. It's very much like almost performative. Because true minimalism is is what you need at its most minimalist form to function. So me as a photographer and a visual artist, I want to be a minimalist, right? Because that makes my my uh, presentation a lot simpler. But I need all these other things to help me visually to keep my mind going visually. So you said that oftentimes we use materialism as a way to express ourselves. Yeah. And because your outlook and the way you present yourself is so minimalistic, how do you feel that that allows you to express yourself? So the the tie that I've been made to that is like, if I allow my body to be as simple as I, as, as I can present it, that allows my brain to just go. Mm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I do, right. I do weekly uniforms. That has, that is my minimalism is I wear essentially the same clothes for an entire week. Mm. Um, you know, I have like three black pants and I'll wear those three back black pants throughout the week. But in my brain, I'm like, Tomorrow morning, black pants and a white shirt and a hoodie. You know it's what I mean? So simple. Yeah, it's already done for me. So then when I lay down my head, be like, okay, tomorrow, I don't have to worry about what I'm going to wear. It's already selected. It's just whether it's this button up or just a white t-shirt is going to be there. Wow. Right. And black pants. And that is already decided for me. So when I wake up, I don't have to think about it. So... It allows my brain to be like, okay, why would I worry about clothes if that's already selected? When I could just think about tomorrow, I want to write a new passage for my blog. It or I'll be so soon. Right. And tomorrow, oh, the sun's going to be up. So there's going to be beautiful morning light. You know, and I just get dressed and go. Um, so exploring minimalism, you know, it has been really good for me. Um, but I feel like if 
a minimalist were to like stop and dissect the way I do my minimalism, it's not a true minimalist. You know, um, a true minimalist. It's right. whatever it, expression of it is. Exactly. It's as minimal as it is, as it needs to be for me. You know. You, you know, that reminds me, I could be totally wrong. Maybe somebody listening to this episode can correct me. But that reminds me a lot of the philosophies that Buddhism has. It's that it it can be your own interpretation of what it is you deem as Buddhism and how it is you choose to carry out your life, you know, or the outlook you have on life in general. It doesn't have to follow the exact principles in which Buddhism is. It can just be your own expression of it, living to your living to your dharma, living to your truth. That is the highest form of self-love, which is a very high principle of Buddhism. Um, I got to go get my laptop charger because it's dying and this episode is not going to stop. I will be right back in like a minute. All right, bro. Sounds good. Yep. I'll be here. That was a nightmare. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, I'm probably going to edit that all out, that little 15-second pause that we just had. But um, I've been studying a lot about Buddhism, actually, and studying. I've been reading a couple p- passages and pages about Buddhism recently, and it's just allowed me to have this inner peace within myself and just – Basing my outlook on life, on love and kindness and compassion for another person and just shifting your perspective about life toward love, kindness and compassion. And I don't know, it's just allowed me to just think about being a better person and just the thought of being a better person, the thought of wanting to be a better person puts you on the right track to it, you know? Yeah, that's the... The first step is just <clears throat> just like wanting that change, yeah. you know, and, and then little by little, there's little acts that you can do that that really push it. Um, I, I always try and lead with love. You know, I, I'm when I think of life, I don't really think about, you know, like cars and money and and all that, that types of stuff. I just I just think about. The stuff that I already enjoy and how can I improve that? You know, um, you know, I don't, I don't like to, I don't think beyond my means 
And I think that kind of like helps me a lot, you know, because I still am ambitious because as a photographer, you always want to create a better photo and then, and in that you're going to become more successful as a photographer, but also like just keeping it really simple, um, you know, making the photos I love and saying no to jobs that I don't love, um, even if they pay well, if I don't think that I could have a relationship with the photos I'm making, then I probably won't do the job. Um, and I get a lot of inquiries about different stuff and, and stuff that's even in my realm, you know, working with music artists or doing some type of documentary style work. Um, but, and, and they're usually trying to, you know, pay me well, but if I can't like really connect with what I'm photographing or if I can't engage with what I'm photographing or if it's completely new, um, I don't know, man, I can't, I can't really get myself to do it. It doesn't feel like ethical to me, nor do I feel like I can make a good photo. Um, speaking of music artists, Walter, um, phone boy, is that the name? Did I get it right? Phone boy music? Yeah, how'd you, how'd you get connected with them? Talk to me about that. Man, phone phone boy, that was that was the story of how I met them is why I love working with them so much. Um, so one of my best friends, uh, Devin, um, we had a we have a mutual friend named Lauren, and Devin's a model. Um, Ledbeater, so, Devin Ledbeater, yeah, yeah, I know his brother. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Devin Ledbeater, he's a, he's a model, and he's like, he was, like, connected in some agencies, and Lauren had recommended me to Devin for a photo shoot. So, Devin hits me up, and, you know, we score out the details, and we get to do this photo shoot, and I'm always reluctant to build friendships through photography, um, because it's subject to, like, friendship abuse. Yeah. Um, people will start asking you to hang out just because you have a camera. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So that is something I'm always weary of. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, we, me and Devin had this great photo shoot, you know, um, he paid for film and digital. So we did both. It was like su- super fun. We got some beautiful images. Um, they even got all the way to Lee Denim um, to their Instagram. They reposted some of our stuff for like their holiday sale or something. Um, and that was pretty dope. So me and Devin, we did that photo shoot and obviously he had my phone number because of it. And we split ways after that photo shoot. And I was like, all right, we're, you know, maybe another, another consistent client could come of it. And he just like kept hitting me up. And I was, and at first I had that reluctancy. I was like, I don't want to like, build a friendship with someone I met through my camera because more likely than not, it's for the camera. Yeah. And so, you know, I kept saying no, um, partly because I was all the way in Jersey city and he was still in Tom's river. Um, so I didn't want to make the commute just to hang out. Um, but eventually he had, he invited me to, to hang out with him and I was in Tom's river. Um, I was visiting my mom and I was like, ah, you know what? I'll go try it out. And so we hung out, and it ended up being, like, a really awesome and genuine hangout. And I didn't even, like, bring my camera, and he didn't even, like, mention it. And I was like, man, that's, that's really dope to be, you know, invited um, and then show up without a camera. 
and they're still cool with it. Yeah. So eventually, and after a while, he he kept mentioning Phone Boy, and I was like, oh, you know, like I'll get around to it. I'll check him out eventually. And so once I finally did, I was like, oh, these guys are pretty good. They're pretty fun, and they were playing a show with the Happy Fits at Asbury Lanes, um, and. Devin was like, yeah, bro, we're going to get you in. Like, just come, take photos, hang out with us. And I don't think I had met Phone Boy yet. I think I met them that night. And he invited me. He got me the tickets to get in. Like, everything was paid for. And then I photographed the band. And they were just so freaking nice. Um, And I was able to photograph them. And then maybe like a week or two later, Devin invites me to hang out again. And phone boy is there and I show up and they were just all so like kind, you know, it wasn't about the photo and it wasn't about the band. It was about just us being friends. People. And so we had built this friendship first, you know, even though we started photographing at the, at Asbury Lanes after that, it was just like, just kicking it, you know, we played board games. We would fucking hang out in the backyard, have a few beers. Um, no cameras, no music, you know, just fucking kids hanging out. And it was such an awesome start. And then eventually they were like, yo, you should, bring your, you should start bringing your camera. And I was like, damn, I think I might, you know, this is some really cool stuff going down. And then slowly um, I just started to bring my camera around and then everything that they invited me, I'll try and make it. And I worked with them for about a year. And I never, like, charged them. I never, like, asked them for any money. They never pressured me to send them photos. You know, just shoot for fun, edit for fun, send for fun, do it all for fun. And then at some point, they are like, yeah, bro, we're getting a record label. And I was like, oh, holy shit. All right, this is happening. You guys are doing it. Um, and so we we had that year of just, like, becoming friends. And I think that is what makes it so good is that I'm not like photographing the band. I'm photographing my friends. Yeah. So I have this very like personal relationship with them. And, um, you know, like when my dad passed away, they came to my dad's funeral, you know, as friends. So like that was huge gesture to me. And I was like, man, like these dudes got me, you know, like I'm down for these guys and I'm fucking lucky that they even, you know, that they hold me to the regards that they do because they they show me a lot of respect too as a photographer. It's not, um, you know, just like in passing type stuff. Isn't it great when people who are in a position where they have to entertain others for a job can take off that mask and be a person? Yeah. You know? Yeah, I feel like... A lot of, I mean, I don't know anybody. I don't really know that many people who are in that position, but I would imagine it's very easy to get caught up in that persona, in that ego, you know, because all eyes are on you, man. Like, it's very easy to have that ego inflated, like, once that uh, once that camera starts rolling, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're, mm-hmm. um, they're luckily all just really great guys. They're super kind, super present, which is amazing. Um, and... Now we're, you know, we, 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 we leveled up together. That was another great thing is that they leveled up and they're kind of brought me with them. So I got to level up 
and you just add this new layer of like professionalism, but we're still really good friends. So yeah. it's been really great, man. They're uh, going on tour, I believe. Um, I saw you po- repost something about that, right? Yeah, yeah. They um they just released their tour dates um starting March twenty fourth. That's actually the same day as their album release. That's also the same day as my birthday. What? Yeah, they're playing <laughs> yeah. uh, House of Independence in Asbury Park. No kidding. To open up the tour March twenty fourth. You know, and I've never been there actually. Was that? I've never been there. Me either, bro. And no. a lot of my friends have played there. <laughs> oh no, kidding! How you um, you were, you were documenting uh, see here now, correct? Yeah, yeah. This year, um, or in twenty twenty two, I got a really good opportunity to um, document the the see here now, the Danny's tent, um, the transparent tent. Dude, um, I yeah. saw photos you got of KG Elephant. That was incredible. Yeah, dude, that shit was fucking great, man. Danny was pretty much like, just photograph whatever happens in the tent. And I was like, you got it, bro. <laughs> so was, I was just hanging around the tent. And, you know, and the, the cool thing about the tent is like, people just like, they'll just come in for fun. You know, uh, Shaky Graves played a set in there. Um, just like so many great artists had gone in there to just play a few songs and then Danny would come through Danny came through with my morning jacket to play music in the tent. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, just photograph whatever happens in the tent. Um, and this was the, uh, for the last three see her nows since I got in with him in 2019, um, was volunteer. I was volunteering. Um, but this last year I was on the staff for the first year. Um, so that was really great um, to be a part of and to get direction from, you know, the, the the people working the tent was really awesome, too. That's amazing, man. You deserve it. You really you really do deserve it. Um, for those who don't know, um, you're talking about Danny Clinch. And from what I can recall, you interned with Danny Clinch, correct? Am I getting yeah, that right? I- Yep, I interned uh, with Danny at his studio in Manhattan um, in 2019. I did that for seven months. I interned for him. What was that like? Oh, man. That that was a big fucking switch for me. That was like... I, I truly believe 2019 when I started with Danny, that's when I became a photographer. Um, Just being in, in his studio and being surrounded by... Other artists like um, like Cody and Jenny, um, just working around them and and seeing all of Danny's prints and his contact sheets and his jobs that he's completed, um, it was just so fucking great to be around, and it, it gave me the sense that like you know because because Danny's one of the top tier photographers ever. Danny's a legend. <laughs> Danny's a legend history yeah and for me to be in a in the room with him having coffee and lunch with him and just talking just two regular dudes from fucking tom's river new jersey you know um i was like man i can hang you know like i'm i'm in a room with great artists and i got to meet his representatives um from levine and levitt his agency 
So like I was around all these great people. I got to hang out with Christopher Thorne from um from Blind Melon. Like he came through to the studio. So I was just mingling with all these great people and it just made me like because there's like this fear to get to that level. Yeah. And that just broke it. Because I was in the room with these people. And they're they're just like you and I. You know, they just they just have that edge to level up. You know, and I think that is um kind of like what can hold people back is just like the fear of thinking about what it may be like to be there. You know, um, but I was seeing it and I was like, man, like I could do this. I could be around these people. I can sit in, in the meetings with management and build contracts and do all this professional stuff and then step away from that and still be the same photographer, still be down to earth. And Danny was such a good representative of that because he was such a cool guy. He's so nice and he's so down to earth, but he's doing all these fucking big, great things. So yeah. being in there, was, go ahead, go ahead. yeah, um, like being in there was just it was just really great um, for my mentality in photography, and it really pushed me to do um, to keep going for it, you know, to not to not shy away from those big moments. Um, yeah, it, it was really great to be in there. I'm still super grateful. I'm still super close with Danny too. I would imagine. Um especially in the field of photography, because that was one thing for me when I was in photography that I never saw it as a career that I could get into. And maybe that is my own self-limiting belief, or maybe it was just that it was a hobby for me and it was a really good outlet for me. Um, But I always knew that there was a way. It's just that I didn't know the way. And that's ultimately what ended up having me switch my careers and, and all this other stuff, but being, having been involved in photography, it's a really beautiful thing to be a part of. And I'm really happy. I'm really grateful that there's people such as yourself who documents photography so well and can tell a story with just one photo, you know, and make you feel so many emotions with just one photo, you know? Yeah. It, 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 it takes a, a special perspective, I think, um, you know, because and, and I've learned this in working with Phoneboy because in, in our Phoneboy team, we have a video person, you know, so so my role there is just still photos. And it, it does take a special type of perspective to be able to document in that way, you know, and. If they were to ask me to do more video, um, I'd be like, "Shit, dude, I'm I'm a stills person, you know. I, I I only see life in single frames." There's a um, I forget his name. The he's a photographer in the '90s who photographed all like the famous rappers like Snoop Dogg, Ice Cube, um, Chigo, Chino. Um, Wow, this this is unfortunate. Um, but anyway, he was this big famous photographer, photographed all of these photo albums, but when the cinematography was becoming bigger and video production was becoming bigger, 
people would ask him why he wouldn't go into um, videography. And his main reason was because he's a stills photographer. He does stills. That's it. Like he doesn't do, he doesn't do that. That's not in him. And what you're saying speaks a lot to that as well. But also what you're saying allows you to become a better photographer and it allows you to work on the craft that you are working diligently to already perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't allow your attention to stray very much because you're narrowed in on one thing. Yeah, that's exactly it. You know, it's, and I also really enjoy it. You know, it's when I think of making video, that just stresses me out, man. (laughs) And then photography, it's more fluid for me. It's, it makes more sense in my brain. And I'm and I'm lucky to be on a team where we have a fucking good video guy. You know, where like and that and that is a big thing too, is I have I have this um this mentality where I can like really fit into a team. I like working within teams. So working within this production team for Phone Boy and just knowing that I have a great video guy in there with me. It allows me to just focus on photos because video is taken care of. I don't got to worry about that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Mike Riccardi is, the, is our video guy, and he's fucking phenomenal. He does, he films, he edits, he finishes, he produces, he does it all. And then I can just worry about photos. And then when I'm on set with them, like I assist him with every, what he needs. You know, so it's it's it really allows me to... to like you're saying, like just focus in on, on making photos. Um, and because I don't think I, w- I could really get beyond that. I think I, I do best in capturing life in these single frames. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that I really like about photography is that it allows for, it, it allows, in my opinion, more, room for interpretation and for your own interpretation that is because it's a still it's one singular thing and it gives you the opportunity to create your own story behind what it is that you photograph yeah um yeah it's it's a great for me it's about um you know because when i started it was just about me being able to see life because before photography, I was just living, you know, like I couldn't like really focus in on anything in front of me. And then with with the camera, it's like, you have to, Mm -hmm. you know, you only have a three by two frame to kind of see life in front of you. And you have to select each frame. Even if you're taking a hundred photos, that's a hundred different perspectives. Um, so just in that and, and you know, and, and doing documentary style work, it's like life is happening so fast. You got to really be selective of the, of the moments you're taking photographs of. Um, I, I, I work a lot in that, in the sense that I'm like, I'll think of a beautiful photo, but I can't create it. You know, I have to wait for life to create it. And then I could photograph it, mm-hmm. you know? So my style of, of f- photography is like, these are the, the moments that I capture in a photograph 
are scenes that my soul wishes were happening. And then I just happen to be at the right place at the right time that life presents it to me. And then I photograph that. Um, so the journey of, of making a photograph is like, if you're shooting film or digital, if, if you're, if you're a photographer like me, you have to be patient, you know, because you have to wait for life to kind of like paint that picture for you. And then you photograph that. You know what I mean? I'm not creating anything necessarily. I'm just creating the, the photo of the singular thing that's happening. Um, but for me, that's like, it's a beautiful thing because I have to always be focusing on life. Otherwise, that moment's going to get right past me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I have mm-hmm. to be aware. I have to be focusing on the stuff that's going on to be able to photograph it. So it naturally makes me be present within my life, which is the most beautiful thing they could ask from from any type of art source. Yeah, I um, I know that you said it allows you to be more present, but do you ever find that it allows you to be less present because you're so focused on the next thing? You're so focused on like what you could create instead of what is, if that makes sense? Yeah, um, there definitely is moments where it's like... Uh, like a whole night goes by and you don't hardly remember it because you're so focused on like what could be the next photo, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're kind of, you're always on, like, duty mm-hmm. to make the photo. Um, yeah, I mean, some nights it is like that. Um, but I think, I either way, like, my mind is just, it's either trained or it always has been just really photographic. Um, so my my memories are in stills also. You know, when I, when I think of a memory, I think of a single frame of that memory. So... I, 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 there, it definitely is there, um, and I could see it being there. But I think I have uh, the camera has become such a part of me that I like it to be with me in those moments, um, and also it's it's you know it's a shield. The camera's a shield in a lot of ways, you know. So there's some moments that are happening and it's just like almost too much for me to be present. Mm-hmm. So I take a photo of it and that way I can reference that later on. And then I can go back and look at the photo and like, kind of like relive that moment and, and feel the emotions I needed to feel then. Um, so it, it's, it's give and take, you know, and the way I see it is like, if I need to be really present, then I won't take the photo. If I want to take the photo, I'll do it. And if I, I if I need to reference it later on, I'll do that. You know, like, uh, it's not, every photo is its own experience, too. You know, so it's not, everything's not so, like, I do it for this reason. I do it for this reason. It's kind of like, you make the photo and you allow that to be just what it is for what you need it to be, too. Yeah, and it's funny you say that because I often, um, when I'm looking at a photo, even if it's of the same people in the same environment, I always get different perspectives of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, dude, because we all see life differently, you know? Because um, you, you put, like, five photographers in the same room and every photo is going to look different. 
I can't hear you, bro. Sorry. There we go. All right, we're back on. Um, I'm outside right now, so that's why I'm like shifting in like different positions. I got a fireplace going on, so I'm trying to keep that going. But um, yeah, I would imagine that having those five different photographers be in that same environment, taking a picture of the same thing, that would allow for the photograph to have so many different angles and so many different viewpoints of it, you know? And especially the way the uh, photographer photographs the image in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And it's a beautiful thing about photography is you're photographing what's in front of you, but, like, you're in control of the perspective. Mm -hmm. So the way I started photographing was, like, I just wanted to share what life looked like for me. You know, what things I was seeing in my life that were impacting me. And that's the way I still do it. You know, hang out with certain people or in certain spaces. And I'm photographing in the way that, like, this is what this moment is doing for me. You know, if if it's good, it's good. If it's not, it's still my photo and it's still important to me. I think... um, a lot of modern photography has gotten for, you know, photographing for the viewer. And I think that kind of like ends up taken away from the experience of making the actual photo. When I'm making photos, the photos are for me. You know, like this is the life that I'm seeing from my very eyes. So I have to make it for me. Otherwise, the the photo won't hold the same value. Right. Right. Listen, man, the, one of the reasons why I wanted you to be my first guest on this podcast is because I feel as though you are the kind of person who has a lot of depth, but also really cares for what they do. And because photography is something that I used to do, and it was something that was a very big outlet for me, you act as the voice that I do not have through the way in which you express yourself through photography. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I've had a lot of friends that have has said, you know, similar things to me. Um, you know, because when I was in Tom's River, I had a lot of, you know, there's a lot of people that were getting into photography. And, yeah. and you know, not everyone really held on to it. And then so my, my old friends were like, damn, dude, like you're – you're still doing it, you know, and, and you're, you've, it's still in the same way that I started also, you know, like the only thing that have changed really is my, you know, I have better techniques. I have more understanding of photos. I have um, better cameras and stuff like that. But the way I see life and the way I photograph it hasn't changed. So it, it it's nice to, you know, when people can, can say that and it, it makes me feel good, you know, cause it makes me feel like I'm doing something right within photography. You know, you, you are my friend and you are one of the few people that I know that really still stuck with photography, not only as a hobby, but also as a career. And I think that that is something that, um, is worth highlighting. So I just wanted to thank you for continuing to do what you do. You speak to a lot of people, and it resonates with a lot of people. Thank you, but I really appreciate that. 
Of course, man. Um, we are just about at an hour right now. Um, but lastly, I just would like for you to tell the people where we can find you on social media. What would be the best way to reach you if need be? Where is your blog? Because that's something I'm also interested in as well. Yeah. Um, so I really only use one social media. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I run everything through Instagram. Everything's connected to my Instagram. It's um, Walter, O-R-E underscore. Um, it's just my, the first, my, my first name and the last, or the first three letters of my last name. Um, but I do everything through there. And, and then in my bio, I have a link to my, to my website. Um, on my website, you can find the blog and you can find other projects that I'm working on. Um, long-term stuff and short-term stuff. Um, everything's on there. Um, and the best way to reach me is actually Instagram. That's kind of the only thing I check. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like even my emails, I'll let them sit for a while before I get to them. Um, but Instagram is the best way to get to it. It's Walter O-R-E underscore. Walter O-R-E underscore. And the link is in your bio, you said, correct? Yeah, and that'll take you to my, my blog. It's usually linked to my latest blog post. Um, right now it's linked to the passing, mm-hmm. um, and that, that writing's about that perspective shift that we talked about at the beginning of the episode and, um, and how my dad's death, you know, pushed my photography Walter, into my a friend, direction. You are very well spoken. And, you know, the I appreciate your time. I appreciate that. you. Keep doing what you do, my friend. I hope to see you soon. I will see you soon at some point in time. I don't know when, but I'll see you soon, my friend. Thank you so much. All right, my friend, you got it. Take it easy, all right? All right, take care. Don, thanks so much for having me, bro. Appreciate you. Good night, yo.